Welcome back to Dark Nexus. Tonight, it's Act 1, Chapter 16. Okay, so, we are back. We're in the Records Hall. It's the 28th of Lamashan, a couple hours after midday or thereabouts, as far as you know. You stand amidst the broken corpse of an apostle in orpiment, and the contents of dozens of filing cabinets flung about the place. There's thin yellow light seeping in from the hallway, not really enough to see by in here, so Ray's probably got a stone glowing with magical light. Dora's crystal, I'm imagining, is probably flickering in here as well as you did your search through the records. And our search thus far has yielded four records. Grook Riptusk, Braden Vaticus, Tima Antea, and Gulliver Vaticus. There is more, just so you know as players, there's more for me to say about the contents of these couple of rooms that we fought in and then didn't really explore last time. But we can get to those logistics later because right now, I'm curious what happens here between the four of you next. What I recall where we last left off, Gull, <laughs> this guy was reading the, 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 the file on Gulliver Vaticus and it was clear that he is not who he says he is. So Braden's first reaction and uh, just to remind us to like Gull has been kind of up Ray's ass for much of the morning. We've had some like th- I feel like that's been a little edgy between us to begin with and uh, at this point Braden grabs wants to grab onto Gull and uh, shout in his face who are you? Can I make that into a grapple check? Because I feel a little aggressive about it. I like it. Give me some initiative rolls here. As the blood starts to rise, let's see who's able to respond most quickly. Brayden? 10. Gull? 16. In case it matters, Grip? 10. And Dora? Dora is declining to roll to initiative. participate in this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So we know that Brayden lights up with this intensity. Yeah. We know that he whips around to Gull. Yeah. Gull sees what's happening. It's got sort of the jump on the situation here. You want to let yourself be grabbed? Do you want to edge away? What do you want to do there, Johnny? I, I don't know if you'll let me do this, but I want to do that cinematic thing. Yeah. Where the, you know, the tough guy like grabs the other guy and like slams him up against the wall. And then the guy that's been slammed up against the wall goes kind of like look down and the gun is pointed right up against their belly. That's what I'd like to do. So the idea is let yourself get grabbed, but as that's happening, slip that pistol between you. Like literally, it's right up on him. Like there's no mischance. Like Mm -hmm. if you do anything, like I pull this trigger and you'll get shot. You train in sleight of hand? Oh. (laughs) Give me that sleight of hand check. All right, let's see. Sleight of hand plus 10, let's see. Natural 14, 24. Nice. Hey, Polly. Yeah. Why don't you give me a perception check there for Brayden? Uh, four. 
He's upset. Very. Give me your CMB check there, Braden. Four. Not a natural one, and not an automatic miss. And I'm assuming then in this instance, Gull is letting himself yep. be grabbed. So, yeah, Ray, you reach out, grab him, got him by the scruff, and he gives you that little eye gesture. You look down, the alchemical torch yeah. is pressed at point blank against your stomach between you. The hammer is pulled back, yeah. and... Uh, I say, don't, don't touch me, Ray. Ray does not... Uh, Ray loosens his grip, but he doesn't let go of you. He's like weeping, like nose running, like kind of gross, like really upset. Who are you? Just tell me, who are you? Ray. Physical altercation's not really your forte, son. (laughs) Yeah, son. And you, let's not turn murderer Right when we've learned you're a fucking liar, and why don't you tell us who you are or who you think you are? Who do you all think you are? Huh? Well, that's what we're all learning, isn't it? Ray, let's go. And this is who like, do you think this you is are, like Ray? teenage kids, sloppy, messy, snotty <laughs> face crying. <laughs> Dora, who are you? Who's Tia? You were the one that named all of us. That's right, I did. Except you. That's not true. You said, isn't your name Gulliver? Didn't you ask me that? The same way you asked Grip and Ray? Didn't you ask me that? I did. Yeah, so, who's the liar? You are... You're a liar. Who are you? Ray. How did you feel when she said your name was Ray? When she said Brayden, how did you feel? Familiar. Yeah, I felt the same way. Stony. You all say that you don't know who you are. In that moment, I may not have known what my name was, but I know who I am. I'm me. Nobody's taken that away from me. Not you, not you, not you, nobody. What, what did you say? You said, uh... What matters is who we choose to be today, no? And, and uh, you, you, you said uh, context matters, right? <laughs> and Ray, you said, I don't know what I am either. So, you all calling me a liar? Gull, what do you hope to obtain right now? What do you hope to do? I want to find out who took my memories who took the parts of me that are gone, and I want to get them back, and I want to make whoever took them pay. That's what I want to do. I think we all want to know what we've lost. Ray? Um, yeah. Grip? Yeah, aye. So perhaps we can stop sniping at one another and talk about what we've learned here. Is that possible? Okay. If you feel bad because you left that guy on the table and you left him here to die and then you walked away from all of us when you were free from the from the cage at that I guess it's not possible. I'm not sniping, I'm talking. You're sniping? No. 
This yes, is you're scoring points off of vulnerable people. Let's talk like adults. Truth is talking like adults. Who are you? Not everything that is true needs to be said. It does when I'm being painted into a corner? No one's painting you into a corner. We're going to talk about it. All of us. Did... Did you have... Did you hear like a, a voice that told you to do something? Like... I... I yes. had this memory of a voice telling me... To hide. Yes. Mine told me to remember. Hey. Mine said to destroy them all. Mine was survive this. Yeah. So, in a world where, you know, you, Dora, can, like, blow somebody's head up, and you're like a walking mountain of muscles, and... Ray, I, I ain't never seen anybody, you know, do stuff like what you did before, where, you know, like, Winter has to have like a, like a, a thimble to do the stuff that she does, and you just, like, think it, and it happens. You all are so powerful, and strong, and scary, and you... You give me a hard time about my stuff, but you know, if I don't have the stuff, like, I, I can't do anything. Hmm. You know, so when I, me saying that things are, you know, mine, that's because they're, they're the closest thing to, you know, like power or the ability to change things that I have, and uh, I think I'm gullible. I, I look. I, when we when we read those those files on us, there were a couple things that like popped in my head, and I don't know if you all heard the first one, but when Grip was reading his, they said that they sent five people. Who's the fifth person? The, the dead guy on the table. Right. But the dead guy on the table, that body, belonged to me. That was my body. Whose body am I in? <laughs> I, I don't know how I'm in this body, but in a world where you can do crazy magic shit and you, you can, you know, blow up people's heads and is it that crazy to think that Gulliver Vaticus put himself into a different body to hide, to get away from the ragman? That's why you can use his stuff. Because it's me. Want to make a knowledge check, uh, local? Uh -huh. Now that we have this information, now that we have these names, these full names, and we know that there was a fifth person that was part of this crew, based off of Grip's reading of his first thing of like 
that there were five people dropped off from Lowell's, that he left five people here. I want to know if I know anything about those five people. What do I know about this crew that worked for Hazerton Pragmas Lowell's? Great. So let's check back. Or, or do I, or can right. I even know anything about that? This is a great time to sort of rediscuss how I've been handling memory throughout. Mm-hmm. As we talked about before we started, when you didn't have any idea what this campaign would be like, I said, it's impossible for you to remember things that directly touched your life, but the rules of the game allow you to make checks on stuff that aren't related to you. So general knowledge checks, of course. And what I've been doing as we go along is... As you were seeing with some of these dreams, like you might have experienced something in a dream, not remember what it was, but get other information later, and then I'm like, here's a moment where you can make a knowledge check, yeah. Or if it's like, if a, if a player gets an idea about something their character went through, I'm like, okay, let's see, I'll, maybe I'll give them a check on that as things start to stir up. So I will take a knowledge local check from you. Okay. Let me see what you get for that. Okay. A nine plus seven, 16 plus five. Is that nine? 21. 21, and uh, I am going to blow one of my last two action points, or shame points. Shame points, oh. Especially <laughs> considering what I talked to you about. Let's talk before. about that too. Yeah, talk about your shame point idea. All right, so, so we've talked about how every time we play a campaign, our idea of action points is a little bit different for that campaign and sort of what it means. And we, in listening, re-listening to the episodes, and thinking about this idea of shame, I had this idea that maybe it's not so much shame as it is this idea of the people that we were, sort of even those places where something has been stolen away from us, those empty rooms, there's still some, there's like peeling paint left on the walls of these rooms. There's still something that part of us, that our bodies remember, even if we can't consciously remember it. And so that maybe these action points, these shame points are our stolen selves that are trying to resurface in some way. Like that a piece of you with more life experience. Than, more. than we have in this moment. But mm-hmm. that we, we lived through something, even if we don't consciously remember it, even if it's been stolen from it, some part of it still exists within us, within our genetic makeup, within our bodies, within our souls, within ourselves. That that can't be taken away from us. When Johnny mentioned this to me, I like I loved the idea for Gull based on the way he's been interacting with this hide yourself instruction that he originally got, and it made 100% sense to me. I'm interested to hear, like, does that resonate for any of the rest of you with what you're going through? I mean, I, I think for for Grip, along that same line, the, the things that Grip keeps learning about his past He's not embracing that, like the 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 sort of uh, authoritarian, cruelty-based flashes that he's got. You know the the woman who I threatened, her whole family, Airway. and the thought. Yes, thank you. So that and the 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 flash of the axe up against the kid's neck that yeah. so offended Ray. Um, <laughs> all these things, like he's not. I, I I've not been playing it that he's uh, happy about that memory so I, I think that still works I think it still feeds shame for for grip anyway like I, I think but I think that those two ideas can can coexist sure but yeah. it's not like his the things that so the what I'm trying to say the things that are resurfacing about grips past 
are not a source of strength and inspiration to him right now. They're a sense of, of shame and, yeah, embarrassment and, and confusion and as he's trying to piece together who he is and who he was. I think Dora, of everyone, is the most sort of open to whatever she used to be because she is so confident in who she is right now <laughs> and in the fact that that's all that matters. So I think for her, it is more of a literal embarrassment, frustration mm -hmm. type thing when she uses those action points, which I'll note, she's not out. She's not almost out. She's used one. I don't know that it comes up a lot for her. Yeah, that really she's on a it. journey of curiosity about where she came from, where everyone else came from. Things might change in the next couple of minutes. But up until now, <laughs> um, she has been very sort of approaching it with curiosity so that doesn't quite ring in a in a in a deeply resonant way for her but like i said that might change i think for ray um in his like discovery of himself he's very much in his like early 20s um identity <laughs> formation stuff <laughs> he wants to believe that he is uh, his true identity is something helpful, but he's scared that he is not, that he's something evil. So his efforts that come out with action points to boost uh, his, his uh, chances are born out of that need to be useful. So there is that shame-like portion, but I, but I can totally see it as a way of like gathering inner strength and I'm just trying, I'm playing with, I guess I'm trying to figure out if that comes from an energy to do good or an energy to do harm that brings out that extra power. Mm. Love it. Let's keep thinking about this as we, you know, we, at some point here in these next few sessions, presumably we will hit level three and we're going to have that conversation uh, that we put a pin in a while back about how much of the growth you are experiencing is new growth or relearned growth. And I think there's just something for us all to keep in our heads as we're thinking too about this mystical power of action points or shame points or however we want to think of them. Where is that coming from? And we, we had a fun discovery early on of sort of shifting it from the idea of action to the idea of, you know, a more horror campaign-based idea of what might give you a surge. But I think it can even as we progress further spread out into different ideas of where we're each drawing that particular power from, that it's something individual to each of us. So I love that. Thanks for bringing that in, the idea, Johnny. Which makes, and the way you phrased it, makes total sense with all the talking you've been doing about your own relationship with what's been done to you. So as you spend that shame point, what does that get your total up to? Let's see. I was at a 21, I think. So plus another six, 27. This is not an exact science. I'm trying to follow a narrative idea of how much you might know and how close the things have to be to you for you to know them or not know them. Sure. So you know that Gulliver Vaticus is the name of a doctor who has been in the longtime service of Count Hazerton Lowell's of Thrushmore. You know that he is in his 50s and he's something of a shut-in. That's really high. You would know something juicy about his past. You would know he was once a physician in Rosenport, 
back in the 80s, so like ballpark of 30 years ago, was driven out of town in disgrace after his experiments in psychotropic manipulation and coercion were discovered. He left behind a small army of murder victims, isolated and homeless individuals that he had kidnapped and upon whom he had tested devastating and lethal drug cocktails. I think that's what you know. Okay, in, in regards to my original question of what do I know about the five people that are part of this crew? Yes. What do I know about this fifth person? Do I need to make one of these roles for every single one of us? The other four may be too close to you. So they had no public identity, these, these other people? I will confirm for you that you know that the name of the constable of the town of Thrushmore in Versex County was named Grook Riptusk. He was called the Laughing Tyrant. And that Riptusk is believed to have his fingers in most criminal enterprise in town. And that he is partner with a man called the Triangle Man or the Snake. And I don't know anything about the no, Triangle Man or the Snake. No. What are the what are the tattoos on your face? Can you tell me about more about the experiments? Can you say that again about the psychotropic drugs? What does that even mean? Oh, um, drugs that changed people's perception and forced them to do things against their will. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Real mad scientisty kind of shit. Got it. Yeah. Does um. Thinking back to the, 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 was it tattoos or brands? Brands. So that, like, mine was described as snake, question mark, river, question mark. Yeah. You've got the same one. Exactly. Is that right? Yeah. That was going to be one of my next questions was, and in, in now that we've heard this information, yeah. do I have any more knowledge on these brands, tattoos, whatever you want to call them, on us? I would love to take a knowledge local check on that. Before before I roll it, I yeah. I, I do want to. When we the first thing was those five people, you know that we we are those five people. The fifth person, whose body I'm in, I I didn't know who he was, but something about reading that file made me remember. Grip, you used to have a relationship with a guy known as the Triangle Man or the the Snake. I think that might be me, or at least this body. Uh, that seems, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, triangle, triangle, yeah, that makes sense to my poor mind. And having, having seen myself with my steel mirror, the back of my neck, I think you have the same brand on your neck. Do you know anything about it? My recollection is I... I I have not had any recollection of things I've remembered that I have not shared. Now I'd like to make that check. Oh, natural two, which is going to be a total of, oh, no, that's a 10. Unknown right now, but let's remember when you level that you can make another check on that piece of information again, 
or as we've been doing, if something else pops in that might give you more context, then um, it, we might come back to that. Would I be able to make a knowledge check about Dora's brand? Yeah. It's going to be 22, 25. It is the mark of a Technic League slaver named Baron Feshkanellet. He was based in Numeria and specialized in the sale of women and children, pouring the vast money he made into his efforts to locate and identify alien technology. He's believed at the moment to be dead, as far as you know. Like his, his reign of terror was decades ago. What, what is the Technic League? So Numeria is in Avistan. A little further north is a place where a starship crash landed at some point in the past, and there they're like buried Starfinder era levels of technology all across the landscape Whoa. there. Like there are actually, there are androids living in secret in that country, <laughs> just on a meta level, you know, like Gull wouldn't know that. But it's known as a place where there is all this weird technology from other planets, and there are people there who make a lot of money out of holding ground where there are buried components, digging them up, figuring them out, selling them off. And uh, Technic League is one of these organizations like that. So she would have been like human trafficked by them? Is that what that, that is? You would, that would be your assumption, yeah. I may have. There may be someone who can help us. Someone who may know us. I don't know for sure. I want to apologize to all of you. I've made a terrible mistake. Ray, when we spoke that day in the boiler room and you asked me about what happened in the hallway mm. with that doctor when I lost control. Yeah. I thought I understood then what had happened. I was wrong. I've been uh, arrogant and mistaken and I may have wasted some time. That being said, what you saw that day was an entity, a dark passenger, that I share this body with. And her name is Tima Antea. I don't know more than that. I don't know how. I don't know why. I know only that she seems to come forward when I perceive myself as losing control of my emotions, but what I really think it is, is when this body is threatened. And perhaps she doesn't trust my ability to protect it or preserve it. I don't know if she knows more than I do. But if she does, she should be questioned. She is extremely dangerous. She is unstable, and she is angry. But I think I can let her come forward. Perhaps if you restrain me, Grip, 
perhaps that alchemical torch and a crossbow would cow her enough to answer some questions about who we are, about why we're here. It's not without risk. But I think I can gain control again if she were to do anything. I don't know, what do you think? Were you aware of her when we woke up or was that day with the shifters the first time you were made aware of her? I was only aware that it felt like all of my emotions surged to the surface and I lost control of myself. I don't think I understood that she was something separate from me until I read that file. That's my truth. Do you wanna, should we tie you up with something? Will you hold me? Hi. Dora. Do you think she'll recognize me? Ray. I want to say again. She is a very dangerous being. Please. Don't look to her for affection. I don't believe her capable of it. If you don't feel up to asking questions, I'm sure Gal will. Uh, I'm pretty sure he will too. <laughs> may I, um, may I use your crossbow? I yes. don't have a ranged weapon. She gladly hands it over just to lighten her fucking encumbrance. So. <laughs> How would you like me to restrain you? Whatever you think is best. As we've discussed, we don't have that 50-foot rope, so I think it's probably just... Uh, How far away... Half Nelson, full yes. Nelson. Oh, yeah. ...was yeah. the the straitjacket. There was a straitjacket that was left in one of the rooms not too far from here. In the basement? Or would rather oh, it was not all the way in the basement. Oh, God. Yeah. I'll, I'll do... We'll do the old half-orc touch. <laughs> so... What, in what sort of environmental circumstance do you think she needs to make this happen, or do you think she just... She just has to... She just... Open a window. Okay. All right, so we are... We're in the records room, in the shambles. Creepy glow of the... The crystal. Glow of the light spell. We've got Dora and a half-orc Nelson. <laughs> 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 we know Ray has crossbow trained. Are you keeping that alchemical torch on her? What's your plan? I think I just have it sort you of just in have my it in hand. hand. Yeah, it's in case. What happens, Katie? Um, Dora closes her eyes and bows her head, takes a deep breath. Torch. Yeah. Her eyes go to the crossbow. Yes. And she stops. (laughs) 
first time I believe both Gulliver and Grip are seeing this face. Because I was, I was you down, were, right? You were down. Skull yeah. was down, yeah. too. And as Katie described it before, it was like another face punching out of her, right? Yeah. Yeah, tell us a little bit about what she looks like. She looks like Dora. Yeah. Um, but she is, it's like a, it's like, um, I was just reading this in The Wheel of Time, and every time somebody talks to Rand in the later books and he does something mean, it's like he brings this black aura into the room with him. Like, it oh. seems like the room darkens. It feels like like the crystal. Yes, the crystal light. Just, like, starts, <laughs> flick goes down to a flicker. Love it. Um, which casts a shadow, you know, She's a like creepy underlit. shadow. Yeah, yeah, on her face. Yeah. Still recognizably Dora. But none of the serenity, none of the curiosity... Nothing capable of thoughtfulness is left. Thoughtfulness. This is raw, yeah. big emotion. You let me go, right? This is my body. This is my body and she stole it. She stole it. You'll let me go, right? Right? You have to. You have to. It's mine. It's mine. You let me go. You let me go, and everything will be fine. I won't touch you. I won't make your head explode. <laughs> I won't hurt you, you big cry baby. Just let me go. Just let me go. You need me. You need me more than you need her. She doesn't know anything, and she's she's an idiot. She's just gonna let this body. She's gonna let it get hurt. She's gonna let it die, and then I'll never. I'll never. I'll never get it back! Crystal flares again. And Dora's back. So are you conscious of what's happening when she's in there? Yes. And I was... acutely aware that... She doesn't remember anything any more than I do. Shit. Thanks, Dora. I'm, I, I know that had to have been hard. Since there is nothing that can be done about her at the moment, I shall endeavor to find a way to make her useful. Should I let you go now? I would greatly appreciate it. Sense motive. Yeah. Just because of what we just saw. Yeah. Uh, natural 16 plus... Okay. Do you think when Dora says there's nothing that can be done about it right now? Is that is that her truth? It is her truth right now. Okay. Her mind is... Thinking about rituals. Yeah. Thinking about exorcisms. Yeah. Thinking about, you know, whatever the mind grasps for when you learn that you are possessed by another entity that you don't particularly like. But um, also, everything changes every day. It's day five of this campaign, and we are all significantly stronger <laughs> than we were three days ago. Yes. Right? So anything, I think anything could happen. But this is mainly about reassuring them yeah. that she is on it. That's what she's hoping to convey here, is that she came back when she wanted to, and while she can't force this being out, 
she's, she's beginning to make connections about the bleed damage that happened when she yeah. cast uh, she used one of her powers while Timo was forward you know things like that like this she's is, beginning to understand her limitations and strengths so now that we're 16 chapters in yeah. I think we can for the first time talk about the yes. last lingering class mechanic yes. we have not yet discussed because <laughs> we were waiting for this exact moment you want to yes. fill us in on everything yeah. about your character class you've not yet told us which so, is so cool uh, if this uh part of the class is called the psychic discipline there's a ton of them to choose from i honed in on this one from the get-go and nothing came out that felt better yeah. <laughs> that this seemed like the perfect campaign in which to experiment with being possessed by an entity you don't know who it is when you don't remember your past it's called the abomination discipline <laughs> <laughs> Um, it comes with like bonus spells. The reason she can cast Rave Enfeeblement is because she is uh, carrying this around. And y- yeah, it, you've seen the effects of things. Yeah. So those uh, are things that Dora can't cast, but only Dora, the team. Dora can totally use those spells. Okay. Um, but like, but the, she knows them because the only reason of she the knows dark them passenger. is because of her. Okay. Um, and I don't want to give away what some of the future spells are, but yeah. even just the names of them are like awful awful uh and so uh when she allows tima forward she can cause bleed damage with a mind thrust tima cannot make any do anything that uses will uh wisdom charisma or intelligence she's not in control enough to do that it's Um, almost a rage it's almost a rage it's It's really cool it's like a psychic rage yeah um yeah yeah so that's that's the gist of it she gets a little bonus on will saves though, and she's immune to fear when she's in that form. So yeah. that's the, what I'm it's thinking. So where cool. it's like, that's awesome. She'll endeavor to make it useful. She'll start treating this with the respect that it deserves, rather than just being like, oh, I just lost control of my emotions. Something crazy happened. Yeah, it's she knows now that that's not what's happening to her. And some of these concentration checks that we were having her make early on, that may have just been like. Yeah you know, kind of flying under the radar because nobody knew what was going on with her. These are actually, like, she actually has to wrest control back from this entity in order to get back to a place where she can, you know, not be raging, essentially. Yeah. Um, I mean... A raging spellcaster. We flubbed that a little bit yeah. for now because we just wanted to have this moment. But, uh, yeah, I, ha- I have to make a concentration check to get back control. But Tima can only manifest for a limited number of rounds per day. At the moment. At the moment. At the moment. Quite by accident, we just, the first time it happened was when she went down. Yeah. Which just seemed like, this is the perfect time for this to happen. And now it's when she was on the ceiling and she, when she fell to the ceiling that one time, like she manifested briefly then. You really grabbed onto this like defense of your own body. Oh, so we, we did see that. We yes, had seen but it was, very, it was it was so brief, brief it was so that it was that time, yeah. it, you would have you would have probably just dismissed it as fear. But she also lost it uh, with the people at the barricade, yeah. and they wouldn't help. Oh, yes, right. oh. did not help again. her diplomacy at that. But again, point. I missed that. We yep. weren't there. Yeah, yeah, you, guys, you were yeah. you were unconscious. Awesome. We were we were hauling your unconscious yep. bodies yep. to the yep. barricade to plead for help to beg for help. It's so fun to get this out now. We were trying to like really commit to the reality of the situation, in which case it was like, kind of, you guys didn't really know what was going on. And yeah. Ray saw something, but she had an answer for it. Yeah. You know? And that answer was was her truth at the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Because why would she know? Wow. And then we heard the name and heard the file, and things began to, like little Tetris blocks began to fall, fall into, into place. place. Yeah. For Dora. 
And so Dora's, Dora, to reiterate what Dora said, she feels that Tima seems to also have no memory, any more memory of this body's experience than Dora does, whatever that may mean for what the two of them are going through. Hmm. Uh, Carl. Yeah. I know you don't wish to be touched, and I perfectly respect that. But there are things I can do, perhaps, to try to understand that physical form and where it comes from. It may be another failure, like with Ray, but since it is not about memory, but about, well, physical memory, with a few minutes examination where I would, in fact, have to touch you, I might be able to learn something about this body. Okay. I, I, I trust you. This is once per day. Yes, and I haven't done it since the beginning. Mm-hmm. So you're interested in doing some blood reading? Yes. On Cole. I'd like to stick my fingers into one of his wounds. No, but I mean, well, yes. Yeah, I actually. mean, I would like to do that, if that's okay. Yeah. I, I mean, if you can, if you can tell us who, you know, the triangle man, the snake is, then, yeah. All right. Would you mind, um, where is your wound? I, I think I probably got cracked right across the face. I think you did too. Okay, then sh- then From show. the crowbar. Yeah, I got cracked across the face with the crowbar, so yeah. probably have like a nose that's like okay, busted and... You know. And we're, we're pre-magical healing, so maybe yeah, even teeth there, out yeah. and stuff. Like, Ooh, oh. <laughs> right? Because all that stuff would heal up when you cast yeah. the, the well, healing I mean, spells. Maybe that's... Like, I have all those metal teeth, like, maybe it's like, you know, like, literally when they get healed back up, I can just kind of, like, hold them there and they, they, yeah, (laughs) heal back around it. All right. Um, So she'll stand in front of you. I open my mouth. Yeah. She'll stand in front of you and only touch where she needs to. Great. Understanding that he's not comfortable. Can I, can I lay down? Yes. Wherever you're most comfortable. He's going to lay, I lay down on the ground and just kind of like try to make myself as comfortable as possible. And she'll kneel beside him or at his, at like at the top of his head. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if I remember correctly, so this has, uh, Dora hasn't done this since chapter two. And I think Gull was the only one who actually saw her do it this last time. So what did Ray see (laughs) it do? I do remember Ray going, what are you doing? Oh, what are you doing? (laughs) So gross. (laughs) So gross. Right, right, right. It is actually gross. It's very gross. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so Gull's on the ground, uh, exposing his bloody face, and Dora is kneeling above his head. And again, I think this is one of those moments where that, that crystal on the floor responds to your emotional state, and like maybe it shifts color here, and like vroom, the room goes into like a blood red color. No, that's great. That's okay, what okay. I was going to say. Um, <laughs> and then she is running her hand through the blood, opening up her psychic powers to see what information she can draw from this body. And Gulliver is just holding himself so still, like just like barely breathing. Okay, this is a secret check. 
and it's a secret check because uh, knowing what you get would tell you information that you don't have. So I'm going to roll this for you. It's Knowledge Arcana, and you got... You got I would like to use an action point. Can I just throw that out there? And I'll let you roll that, yes. Yeah. For sure. A shame, shame point. A shame point. point, because she has not been very nice to Gulliver sometimes in the past. Um, she okay. thought ill of him, but she suspects his story might be true. What is your Knowledge Arcana bonus? Ten. What is your shame point result? Three. Your class mechanic is so cool. Yeah. I love what you've done. Okay. Dora is running her fingertips through the blood. And as she connects with the power flowing through that blood, she learns a very small handful of truths about this meat sack. (laughs) This meat sack is a Verizian human, 31 years old, male. And that's what you got. <laughs> I hate those secret checks. I know. I mean, when I, I fail it, it's at least like, well, I failed it. You know? When it's you so fail it, it's like, what did you mean? Well, at least this is one of those once-per-day things, not a once-per-week. So yeah. it is something we can return to. And obviously, the higher level you get, the higher that bonus will be. And I, um, it may be clear to you that I rolled fairly low this time. <laughs> so uh, more can be learned. Okay. But we do have a moment here where Gull does let this happen. And we learn what we learn. How, how, is, it, how is it that you learn? Is it, do you, are you talking thing. again? She talks as she learns things. Oh, it's like this body is. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Oh, so as so you can feel as you're just saying like stuff that seems very apparent, and he's like, you can see that he's looking expectant, yeah. and then it just sort of deflates. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gal. We can try again another time. Do do we have to? Yeah. Okay. So, at the end of last session, because we were nearing the end of our evening, I moved us directly into this search for those records. But that is not to say that you all have exhaustively searched this room and found every record there is to be found. If there are any more records in this room that you would care to look for, that can certainly be done. I absolutely want to look for a the record that, the, the, especially, <laughs> especially if, if we can look at the date of, of the other records yeah. and see if they it's came at a certain who. time. Now, I will say, uh, I don't know that I had a chance to tell anyone, but I did detect the thoughts of the last cultist who was in here. She was afraid of failing at finding and erasing Gulliver's records. So it, it would seem, perhaps, that they hadn't, or I don't know how to interpret this. They had everybody's records, though, and they had what they believed to be Gulliver. No. When you found the other records you have found, they had not yet been pulled out. And as you reflect back on that woman's mental state, yeah. That you, you would probably put together a story of like she was just going through looking for Gulliver yeah. with no rhyme or reason okay. uh, in a kind of crazed, maybe even partially drugged, kind of uh, totally out of it fashion. So then we found them. You found the records that we l- read last time, yes. 
So that seems like a good place to start for looking for a fifth one. So and also partially drugged? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, like, not enough, there was not a game effect going on with her, but uh, yeah, let's bring this in. She would have been a little red-eyed, a little kind of uh, intense in her movements as though she wasn't entirely sober. Okay. Great. So you want to look for a record of somebody with this body's physical description Yeah. Yep. that was matching. Uh, it came on the same day. Yes. Uh, I do have such a record. <gasps> Yeah, it does exist, it. strangely enough. Yeah, who does find it? Well, I kind of took, Johnny, from you the opportunity to uh, <laughs> to control how that information about your about Gulliver came out last time. So, let's roll... Roll a d4. Let's roll a d4. One, two, three, four. Hey. Grip finds it. My years of book learning finally Because you keep calling him pale. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he, he called himself that. So, Robert. Yes. Why don't you give us the patient record information because that's got physical description and in the circumstances you see where it says according to Count Knowles mm-hmm. yeah read through that so otherwise assume that basically this is identical information that you found on the other four files so grip patient record unknown male number 287 male human of Varisian descent approximate age 30 to 35 Five foot seven inches tall, approximately 135 pounds, olive skin, black hair, short, and mustache, beard, short, brown eyes, slender build, numerous metal teeth, unidentified brand on back of neck, serpent, river, spiral tattoo of numerous triangles on left cheek. According to Count Lowell's, this man's true identity is unknown. Earliest known name was most certainly an alias. Some call him the Triangle Man, or occasionally the Snake, but he is unlikely to respond to those appellations. Note from Lowell's. This is the most recalcitrant individual you will ever encounter. Without sedation and or psychotropic manipulation, He will thwart your every best effort and make your life a living hell. Believe nothing he says. Lying to him is like breathing. And that's the end of chapter 16. We'll pick it up here next time. (laughs) Ray bursts into tears. Dark Nexus is a creation of Plug and Hum Productions. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Incorporated, which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Inc. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com slash community use. And for more information about Paizo and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com. That's P-A-I-Z-O dot com. Dark Nexus uses music and soundscapes by Sirenscape. Check them out at sirenscape.com. That's S-Y-R-I-N-S-C-A-P-E dot com. Opening and closing themes along with additional music composed by Rob Kozlarik. Artwork for Dark Nexus is by Matt Walquist. Special thanks to Toy, without whose generosity this project would not have been possible. And thanks to DMCP, Richard and Ari, Paul and Shannon, Chris, Scotty, Jason, Jess, Joe, Chelsea, Matt, Dave, Darren, and everyone we've gamed with over the years for all the memories and inspiration. Did we level? (laughs) Ha 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 ha!